up to another good, good morning. Time to go. Well, hey, everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the Marriage Adventure Podcast, where the journey truly is the destination. And that's kind of what we've been talking about the past couple weeks is the journey of marriage. And um, and it is sometimes fun and it is sometimes not very fun. Yeah. In our last episode, we talked about kind of the concept of sacrificial love and that the true biblical love that we see in the Bible and we see that what Jesus talks about is sacrificial. Mm-hmm. Um, and scripture tells us in John fifteen thirteen that greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. But if you back up a verse, you see that Jesus said in verse 12, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. So when we talk about that verse in relationship to marriage, that you lay down your life for your friend, I think we should uh, probably all agree that your spouse should be your friend. Yeah, right, absolutely. Your best friend. Best buds. So you're laying down your life for your friend. Um, but Jesus said that before that, that you love one another as I have loved you. So mm-hmm. how did Jesus, how did he love us? It was the true sacrifice, the, the mm-hmm. true picture of um, pursuing someone who was not pursuing you and coming after us, chasing us, and giving his life for us, laying down our life when we didn't deserve it. And we still don't deserve it. We still run away, and he still chases, and he still pursues. And even when we have nothing to offer, he loves us in a mm-hmm. way that we just is we're incapable of loving back. The whole point of his entire life here on earth was sacrifice. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting. So, yeah. if you listen to the last episode, we uh, told you about a little incident that Bonnie had, a little lawnmower incident where she uh, she uh, broke her arm, a couple bones in her arm, straight through. And she had surgery. I'm, yep. I'm trying to remember if we had, uh, you had not had surgery when nope. we did the last episode. But I was on quite a amount of pain pills, so I'm sorry if <laughs> the I... The things you said on that episode... I'm not even going to listen it back. It was funny. Yeah, I'm sure. No, you didn't. You're good. Um, but, uh, but so she had surgery. She came through that great, mm-hmm. and her arm is... I think she's been faking the whole time. Yep. On my way to recovery, I'm doing great. But, yep, so... But it has given me and the kids a great opportunity the past couple weeks to serve you mm-hmm. and uh, you'll be back back at it you got another four weeks so you can drive yep but you're getting really good with your left hand it speaks a lot for uh pill bottles when you can open up a pill bottle with one hand right children's children's caps I'm not sure how childproof those are but it's given us a great opportunity the past few weeks to really serve you mm-hmm. and the kids have had fun trying to stick magnets to your arm to mm-hmm. see if they'll stick yeah they don't um, but, uh, but while your arm's been very painful, it's somewhat kind of been a pain in the butt really more so. It's just, I'll say this, it's just been an inconvenience. There are far worse things. They're far more difficult and more long-term things. And today we want to continue talking about that. Um, we want to talk about our conversation. We've said before that at the altar, that marriage is a blind commitment and we commit to walk with our spouse in sickness and health and for better, for worse, all that. And the health, that's a no brainer. It's like great sunshiny days. Everything's awesome. But what if you had to walk with your spouse through a prolonged illness or through something devastating, just a trauma that Maybe it's a little longer. Maybe it's a year, two years, or maybe it, this is something indefinite. Mm-hmm. What if What it, if that's it, what you're looking at? It's definitely, we make that covenant mm-hmm. at, at the altar, but it's definitely not something we want to sign up for. No. Right. And so, um, so on today's podcast, we thought after last week's episode, we wanted to bring in some people who've walked through this a little longer. This is short term for us, but somebody who's walked through this recently. So on today's podcast, we have some longtime friends of ours, Josh and Christy Webb. Josh is the owner of Webb Advisory Group, as well as the co-founder and owner of Breezy Content. And he has authored a book this past year, we'll talk about probably a little bit more, uh, entitled Success and Suffering, Searching for Significance and Finding Meaning in Times of Pain. And Christy is on staff at the greatest church in America, <laughs> North Star Church. That's our church. And uh, she's the direct ins- director of our children's ministries and does an incredible job. Now, Josh and Christy uh, have been in our lives for, we've kind of added up, about the past 20 
years yeah. in different capacities. Co-workers, bandmates. Josh played in the band with us for a long time. They did drama they did, in our ministry. Yep, and, and yep. Uh, friends and so much more. But it's really a friendship that feels more like family. So Josh and Christy, welcome to the podcast. Hi. Hey there. Thanks we're, for having us here. We're glad yeah. you're here. Yep. Glad you're here. Thanks for coming out to the farm. They came out. Yep. We had breakfast. Yes. And, uh, and so we were treated to record, and I'm sure our kids are cleaning the kitchen, aren't you? We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Probably but, not. But Josh, this month marks a year ago when you guys found out that you had a brain tumor. Um, big, big news. It was a kind of a shock. But tell us about what what you guys have walked through. Yeah, um, you know, it, it was a it was a pretty uh, normal day. I remember I went to um, Home Depot just to get some paint. And um, uh, I must have smelled some fumes or something, and they triggered um, a honeycomb kind of thing with my eyes where I couldn't see. I was just, I, I went mm-hmm. kind of, it felt like cross-eyed for a second. And, um, and I probably shouldn't have, but I, uh, I drove home, and, they kept, and it kept happening kind of intermittently. Like every, uh, every hour or so, it would just hit for like two, three seconds. And then I started getting this pretty bad headache. We had just had, uh, our family had just come through uh, COVID, mm-hmm. and the headache came, and everybody thought it was COVID headache, but it never went, really went, went away. Mm-hmm. And so um, uh, I remember talking to Christy and saying, I don't know what this is. And she goes, maybe, uh, maybe you're having trouble with your eyesight, and you should just go get like an optometrist to look at it. And, um, and so I went and I got a, a, an eye scan and the, the guy came back and he said, I, look, I'm not a, I'm not the, the kind of, this kind of doctor, but there's something pushing on your, uh, on your eyeball and I don't know what it is mm-hmm. and you may want to consider getting an, an MRI. And, uh, I, I pretty immediately made a doctor's appointment and I told my doctor that I was having headaches and he didn't. Uh, you know, since I just started having them um, and never have in my life, he said, yeah, we're going to sign you up for an MRI. (laughs) And I remember him specifically saying, I'm not saying you have a tumor. (laughs) But all you hear is. (laughs) And I'm like, okay. And so we, I went and got an MRI and you go, they can't tell you anything. And I went and got uh, a trailer. I remember I was getting a trailer brake installed on my, on my vehicle and I was driving back. Wait, you're still driving at this point. Well, I know. Yeah, I yeah. probably should have done that. Oh, yeah. So we had coffee sometime in this time period, and we're sitting there drinking coffee, and he, you know, he drove met me there, and he's like, there's actually three of you right now. And then I leave, and, and he's about to get in his car. He's like, I got to stand here for a second. Things are kind of wigging out. I'm like, dude, are you really going to drive? I can't let you. He goes, no, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Don't, don't worry about it. I'm good. I do this all the time. Yeah, there's three roads. <laughs> I take the middle one. <laughs> the um, road less traveled. Um, yeah, but I, you know, uh, <laughs> when I was coming back from the, uh, the the car dealership where you got the brake installed, my my doctor called me. It was just a regular day, and he goes, uh, and he's a pretty straightforward guy, and he just said that uh, he goes, well, uh, the MRI came back, and you have a 3.5 centimeter tumor that's coming from your ear and pushing against your brainstem, and mm. it's pushing so hard against your brainstem that no information can get through, and that's where the the blindness is coming from, mm. uh, and the headaches are coming from the pressure that it's that the liquid has to go somewhere and it's being taken over by a brain tumor. And that's why your the headaches wow. were, uh, and they were excruciating. They were mm-hmm. horrible. Mm-hmm. Ooh. And, and so then you immediately go to Google, right. And start Googling <laughs> things. Yes. So that I did. That would yes, happen. Christy. That was that's me. more Christy doing it. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. It yeah. was Christy, very you're scary. the researcher. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Well, slight hypochondriac. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was, that was hard. Um, I think after that diagnosis, you know, you meet with all of the neurosurgeons and, um, we, we met with several to decide who was going to have the, uh, who was going to do the surgery because we didn't have a choice. It was 3.5 centimeters pushing on his brainstem. And they said, this can't get any bigger and it's only going to grow from here. Uh, we need to get it out or you're going to, you're going to have a stroke and it's going to take you out. Like it was just, mm-hmm. there was no option there. So we meet, I mean, literally the next day we had an appointment with a neurosurgeon. We met with two others and, um, each of them kind of gave us a play-by-play of what are the risks involved in the surgery that we have to have. We have no choice mm-hmm. but to get the surgery. And it was a long Rolodex of stuff, like really like overwhelming. Oh my gosh. Like there was so many things inside of that list. It was, became really overwhelming. Well, and the smallest one of those, this is like a guarantee that I was going to lose my hearing on mm-hmm. my right side. Mm. That, that, it that was, wasn't even a, a risk. That it was, was sitting happen. on that. 
Now, that, what, now tell them what it's called. So it's called an acoustic neuroma. Mm-hmm. Um, that there's nothing that causes it. It's just proteins that build up. It it been growing for like ten years, and I had no clue. It's mm-hmm. benign. It's yeah. Not yeah. And looking looking back on it, there's a lot of things that I can go through in my life that we've gone back and go, oh man, it was growing when I was going through this. I was growing mm. when I. Wow. It's like. It's like not only did God know it was going to happen, it was definitely it was growing at yeah. that time. So well, and this is a, a hard thing to the concept that that it's a given you will lose your hearing because you're a musician. That's difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, and there's there's challenges that come with that. But we we talked to um, all the surgeons said the same kind of thing. As a matter of fact, there we even uh, the surgeon we ended up choosing he, he was very blunt, and we said, okay, we know we're gonna I, I, I'll I'll lose the hearing because they have to go through my ear to get to the tumor. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I said, what are the other um, uh, risks involved? And he goes, well, there's like a thousand risks. Do you want me to go through all of them? Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, well, and I, I actually asked him, well, at least give me the top ten. Like, wow. so I can have, because I'm a control freak. So in mm-hmm. my mind, I was taking each one. Okay, if he loses his hearing, this is what we will do. Wow. If, he, if this happens, this is what we So I was taking them each individually and going, how will we respond? How will we react as a family if this is what? The, the you know the mm-hmm. cards we were, were dealt with at, mm-hmm. um, after surgery so I felt like going into surgery I was really prepared in in mm-hmm. that kind of sense of as much as you can be with something like that and, and we haven't mentioned this but uh, you guys have three three boys yes so how oh yeah we have children <laughs> <laughs> did you know they're at home yeah. yes <laughs> they're you at home <laughs> I think I don't know and they're all I mean they're they're not they're not grown so they're right. all under the age of what, 13. 12, 13. Yep. so how was that with them? Um, I mean, I can speak the, of, of what we did. I think they didn't really understand it. Mm-hmm. We tried. We we had to tell them that uh, that we thought things were going to be pretty different, mm-hmm. and that uh, and they saw me go through a lot of pain. There was about a month before I could have the surgery because it wasn't life threatening, uh, mm-hmm. like immediate. Right, like it was an emergency. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, the, I would just sit in bed and with almost kind of just you know, in severe pain. And so I think they wondered about that. Um, but I think in the end, uh, um, I ended up writing, um, a message to all of them because the, the truth that I had to face was the fact that I didn't know if I was going to see them anymore. Mm -hmm. I didn't, there were things that I wanted to tell them. Um, Mm -hmm. I had, I had all this legacy that I wanted to hand down to them that I didn't know that was no longer guaranteed that I was going to be able to invest that. Um, yeah. So I, I wrote them all a letter and told them things about themselves and things I wanted them to remember. And I remember uh, your mom, while I was in surgery, we asked her to, to read them uh, the letters. You recorded it. He oh, recorded yeah, himself right. reading wow. it. So wow. she had the job, the task of playing it the day oh of his surgery. My mom was like, don't ever ask me to do that again. Oh that was the gosh. worst. Well, I hope I never ask her to each, do it again. Each so. child really reacted very differently to yeah. it. Um, yeah. You know, and so, but it was That's very really powerful. Yeah, written specifically to that. that okay, child, we're going to so. take a pause on the podcast <laughs> right now. I'll be back. Oh gosh, yeah, yeah. Wow. Oh. Okay, so, so Christy, you get you get a di- diagnosis like this, you prepare, right? Worst case, worst case surgery day comes. How did this? You know, there's probably the pre, the mm-hmm. preparation, and then there's the actual surgery in post right so how did this surgery day impact you um I would just to back up a little bit leading up to the surgery you know you're going through all of this all the emotions you get this life-changing diagnosis but I think we did we leaned into I, I've never seen I'm getting emotional I've never seen a time where we just leaned into each other more mm-hmm. like it was powerful we leaned into to each other but more importantly we clung to the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. like we were I'll, I tell this to everybody like we had our fingernails dug into the Holy Spirit that's how mm-hmm. hard we were because you know at the end of the day God is good and we knew he had a plan for mm-hmm. us and there was a reason why he was w- taking us through this journey so we were just on our knees every day praying together and it was just it you know it was a stressful time but it was a peaceful time at the same at the same in the same right if that makes mm-hmm. sense mm-hmm. and i do remember there was one um one day when my parents took the boys to kind of let us process and plan and and there was a day where <laughs> we had to sit down and do finances 
Um, I don't do any of the bills. Mm. That is not a gifting God has given me. I forget. It's a bad, bad thing if you give me all of the stuff to pay. Like it's not if, that I haven't tried. We actually, we originally <laughs> tried that in our in our marriage. The very beginning, I had all the responsibility. And then we quickly learned, no, this is not Christy's gifting whatsoever. I, I understand. <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> I totally understand. So, um, so Josh does all of that. Like, he knows where all the money. Like, I really, he does such a great job. I don't have to worry. Like, I don't, I just spend the money. That's, mm. that's me. And so we sat down this day, that day, um, it was, we already had the, the surgery scheduled. Um, so we already knew everything that was happening. We were just trying to get our ducks in a row. Mm-hmm. And we sat down and he had to go through all the online platforms of here's where this money is, is here's where this money is. And it kind of hit me of where, okay, we're doing this because mm. I'm preparing for you no longer to be here. Mm. And that was pivotal. That was, wow. that was hard. Um, and it wasn't just, um, you know, just the online, here's the online access. It was like, I need to give, uh, make sure you know where the life insurance is. Yes. It was, mm-hmm. I need to make sure that you have access to the electric bill mm-hmm. uh, and, and the account. Like it was, it was preparing in case, mm-hmm. in case this went horribly wrong or she had to have all the responsibility. Yeah. And I remember her like about halfway through that, um, it just out of nowhere, she just stopped and she goes, I don't, I can't, I can't do all of this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I just looked at her and I, I mean, I was just, it was sort of like a reality of, I'm sorry, you have to, I'm sorry, you yeah. have to do this. Yeah. yeah. Which is a, as a public service announcement, if, you know, you're listening to this podcast, you're married, it, it, we need to do this often. Mm-hmm. We need to do this once a year because we do the same thing, right? I don't pay the bills. She pays all the bills. She does the taxes. Apparently, she cuts the grass and does everything, right? So, <laughs> what did you do? Last night, <laughs> she does everything. Last night, Colby asked, what would happen if, if something happened to Mama? And we and, and, and he was genuinely worried. And then he, he really didn't ask what would happen to me because things would <laughs> go on like normal, right? <laughs> but, 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 but literally, like, we're doing that. And I'm like, okay, I don't know where... You know, and mm-hmm. so that's a great thing as a married couple to, because probably oh, yeah. only one of you do it in, mm-hmm. in marriage. Yeah. You rarely can two people keep a, you know, checkbook. So yeah, that's a tough thing, especially when you guys, you, you're going through this and you're having to do it. Mm-hmm. So. But all of that to say, you know, we, even with those really life altering realities that we were walking through, we still really, really just, we leaned in and we leaned into the Holy Spirit and it was you know, we knew, we knew God had it. Mm-hmm. So coming the day of surgery, um, it supposed to be a six hour surgery. Um, and it, to me, it was a peaceful day. Oddly enough, it shouldn't have been, I should have been crazy, mm-hmm. but I dropped him off at the hospital, went back to the hotel room. Was you still couldn't COVID. go in because of I COVID. could not go in. Mm-hmm. Correct. So I had a hotel, um, right down the street from the hospital and, um, I went back to my hotel room and I just worshiped that morning Mm -hmm. and my sisters were in another hotel room. They came later on and and it was, I started off the day like that and met friends. We prayed. I knew staff, North Star staff was um, at Mm -hmm. the church praying for him. And I mean, I just felt at peace. Like it was an overwhelming sense. Only the Holy Spirit could give you peace like that. And Mm then, um, yeah, the surgery took a little bit longer than we thought it was going to, it went from six hours to eight hours. So towards the end, I was getting a little nervous, but really I couldn't see Josh until the day after his surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the day of surgery was great. My, I think our lives both changed that when the surgery was over. Well, and I would, I would like to say that, you know, it's very easy to think, oh, okay, she works at a church and maybe, we, maybe we always pray and worship like that. Mm. I would love to say that we no. always no, do, but so, something got us, it, it was, it was like an ultra focus the second mm. we realized we were so, we were this desperate and we were yeah. this close to losing something. Yeah. You know, when we were like that, um, it just, it, it caused everything else to go away. And all we could focus on was each other, the kids, and, and, uh, for God, not just necessarily, I think where I'd come, come to was, um, so many people were praying that I w- it would just go away. And, and, and mm-hmm. I knew God could do that. But for some reason, the more I started asking God, why was he, why, why was he allowing this to happen? Why was, um, this happening to me right now? The more I started, started thinking like that his goodness and what he was going to do has already been done for me. I'm going to mm-hmm. do the goodness regardless of the circumstance it was like the things he was revealing to me weren't just like it's not this he had this and therefore he was going to heal it 
he might have or he might have not. Mm-hmm. And I had to decide where I still thought that was good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So whether he healed that or not didn't determine whether he was good or not. Or whether he had been, he had already been good to you. Yeah. Absolutely. And I remember yeah. when you stepped into that truth and that, I mean, you had known that realization in your head, but when it made it to your heart in real circumstances, you had said that, like, my salvation was more grace than I'll ever deserve. Mm-hmm. This is, mm-hmm. you know, and that is, you know, Jesus healed a lot of people, but he didn't heal everybody. Nope. And there's a reason. Right. That's so interesting you say that. I'm recently, I'm working through um, the book of Ephesians right now, and I was reading the other day just how Paul starts out, and he's saying, these are the things I'm praying for you. And it had nothing to do with their health, had nothing to do with their circumstances. Mm. It was all that you would know him and the power of his resurrection and the all these things, these spiritual things that we have in Christ. And that's what he was praying. I'm like, wow, I don't know that I pray like that. Mm. I pray that God fix my circumstance, fix my this, fix my that. But for you to walk through something like that and to realize that prayer that you know him deeper mm-hmm. in a way you never had before, that's, man, that's amazing. That's incredible. Yeah, that's huge. So we, in the last episode, we talked about the fact that when one spouse is sick, the other spouse spouse has to take over responsibility for basically everything. And, and that, I think that we have two perspectives there, right? When one is sick and the other. So Josh, from your perspective, being a guy, being a, a man, what was it like to be served in that way? Because you wake up and your reality has changed. <laughs> the The reality that that I had was, you know, um, when I woke up, um, I I woke up fr- from being one person to a, a different person, mm-hmm. and um, I remember they were speaking. I could immediately tell. Okay, I'm I'm deaf in my right ear now. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the first thing I noticed. And then I noticed that the, the right side of my face, I couldn't feel it at all. And then, uh, a nurse, uh, said, you know, what's your name? Can you say your name to me? And, and I went to go see, uh, Josh Webb and, uh, I couldn't get the words out because half of my face wouldn't move. Mm-hmm. And so it was like a mumbling. I was like, oh, Josh Webb. I mean, mm-hmm. it wouldn't, it wouldn't come out. And I think I almost had my own version of a panic attack real quick. Cause I realized that not only, uh, you know, uh, was that not me? But then I started thinking, like, my job for a living is to try to look smart in front of people. Mm. That's what I do. I do consulting, right? Mm-hmm. And, and and you have to have confidence that mm-hmm. this person is going to provide me with the results. And I started thinking, how am I mm. going to provide for my family? Mm. What it, Like, am I going to be like this forever? Because they mm-hmm. didn't even give me uh, a time that it would heal. They actually didn't know. Um, and then I immediately went to Chrissy. It was like, oh no, like, is she still going to find me attractive? Mm, sure. I can't kiss my wife anymore. Can I kiss her? I don't mm-hmm. think I, like, I couldn't do anything. And then, um, and on top of the fact that, that, you know, I, they gave me a glass of water and they realized I, my brain had not remembered how to swallow yet. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't, I, I think for a day I didn't have any water. So it was, it, it was just a difference in how I could be and, um, the, when Christy, uh, it took a day or so I had to be there by myself, but she finally came in. And I think that whole time I had been, um, I had been very prepared, uh, to die mm-hmm. in that surgery. And, you know, they said, they can say into the boot of the face that it wasn't a life threatening surgery, Sure, <laughs> but I, you know, but I think they he, went into your brain. They went into my brain. There was enough risks involved, and <laughs> yeah. death was one of them. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. But at the same time, so I, I was very prepared, and I think that I was ready to see Jesus. Mm-hmm. I, and as horrible it was as it was for my family, like I understood the good in that. What I was not prepared for mm-hmm. was to be disabled. Mm-hmm. I was not prepared for. Uh, not being able to shower, not being able to walk, not being able to swallow, not mm. be able to talk. I was not prepared for it. And when she came in, I think uh, to the it, it like all hit me at the same time where I just all of a sudden I just broke down when I saw her mm. because mm. I didn't want her like it felt like it wasn't part of the deal. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. my part of the deal was was I was going to take care of her and I was going to give her the life that we wanted together. And she was not supposed to have to, number one, take care of anybody, mm-hmm. but definitely not take care of me. Yeah. And by seeing her, it's like the reality uh, mm-hmm. kind of hit me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Need a minute? <laughs> well, I, I might. <laughs> yeah, that, no the day after this, the surgery, the first time I saw Josh was 
was pivotal for me. Um, like he said, walking in and realizing all of those risks that I had uh, rolodexed in my mind of how I was going to react to that. Um, then you come in finding out there was multiple, if not most of them, mm. um, that happened to him. The right side facial paralysis, um, all the stuff he talked about, the swallowing, the um, it was a lot. It was a lot that you know we were hit with, and he. I remember coming into the hospital room and he did, he broke down and it was kind of like, I just put that, um, really strong person on me. I don't know. And then just was, no, we're going to get through this. We're going to get through this. And then they immediately took him to get an MRI, um, which was helpful for me because then I allowed me to break down and I'm yeah. not usually an, uh, over emotional person, but it was, it was just life altering. Mm -hmm. And I remember me talking to our pastor, Mike Lynch and him calling me and praying and walking me through that. But that day was the first day I started with panic attacks. Mm -hmm. It was the realization of, oh my gosh, I am a full-time, you know, minister. I am a mom. I am a wife, but, and now I'm also a nurse and now I'm a single mom. And in that same sense of all it, how long is this going to be? How, you know, we don't know mm -hmm. how long. It is it going to be forever? Yeah. Like we did. So it was that moment I had, I've never had a panic attack before and I had one there. Um, and that was hard because that started my road. You know, Josh deals with all this other stuff in recovery. Mm -hmm. He's walking that road and I'm walking the road of, of me reacting to that recovery of, I, I was, having two to three panic attacks a day once we got mm. home from the hospital. And that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you're around a panic attack before, but they're awful. Um, but it was me hiding it into in a closet or a car, uh, making sure he didn't see me because I didn't want, I knew he would be, well, I'm the reason she's, mm. she's acting like that. Like I'm the reason why she's yeah. going through that emotionally. But, you know, at home it, it is, it's, I'm giving him baths and showers and, and having to take care of, um, his right eye that was very infected, like on the, like on the hour he was having to have eye drops and he didn't have the um, hand-eye coordination at the time or the dexterity in his hand to be able to do it himself. So it was, it was a lot. And I'm not a nurse. I am not a nurse mm -hmm. at all. Like <laughs> there's, there's awesome people who are nurses. I am not one of them and I'm not nice either. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as we got home, nice Christy left. And man, it was, it was <laughs> tough because I think it was like, I saw how these, uh, physical and occupational therapist were to him and they're like nope get up let's do it let's just get this done. so I kind of took that on well you're an achiever anyway yes and I'm like so. no you can get, get pull your pants up let's go let's let's do this <laughs> where we got it you know mm -hmm. you're gonna walk down the stairs today like so it was a lot it was a lot of that and um yeah but at the same time it was still me juggling all of the things and I allowed in that um in that time frame of of him healing when I was originally having panic attacks about overwhelming of life, the overwhelmingness of what it was, it, I started to allow the enemy to take on other roots. Mm. Um, I'm already kind of a slight hypochondriac of endodermophobe <laughs> and all of the things, but I allowed him to tell me, you know, the enemy to tell me lies and take it. Um, so then it turned into me reacting to the situation we're walking through to then I'm reacting to everything mm -hmm. with a panic attack or anxiety attack or something. So it was like, you know, I had really bad acid reflux and, um, I went to the hospital because I thought I was having a heart attack. Mm -hmm. Like it was those type of things. And so it was just a continuation of that. And that's, that's how my, like my mm -hmm. journey during his recovery kind of, that was the road that it took. Well, you prepared for all the physical things that could happen and what you could do. You didn't prepare for this thing you were going to have to walk right, through. Right, exactly. That you can't, and that's sometimes where we get into that, okay, I can control everything, but ultimately it's like, wow, I didn't see that one coming. Yeah, not That one kind of blindsides you. Man. Yeah, taking care of him physically, emotionally, taking care of your kids physically yes. and emotionally because they're littles, you know, for mm -hmm. the most part. Two out of three of them really still need a, yeah. lot, a lot. And... um and now you have to take care of yourself physically, emotionally. Yeah. So when we get to that point in our marriage where we have to take care of the other person or we walk through things like this, the longer it goes on, I would imagine right there at the front, the first week or so, it's 
there's empathy coming out, even in a very hard-hearted mm-hmm. person, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's yes, still a, there there's are. a lot of empathy that comes out right there, right? Because mm-hmm. you're in you're in the middle of ground zero. Well, and there's still that wow, he survived it. Yeah, yeah there's exactly. a gratefulness. You're yes, grateful, yeah. yes. But as this goes on, I'm sure that begins to wear thin as life mm-hmm. begins to pile on, and you know, and um, but how do you walking through that connect, stay connected as a husband and wife as a heart connection because now your marriage has taken on a patient and caregiver, right? You know, care recipient and caregiver. How do you get back to 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 husband and wife husband connection? And wife connection. Well, I can tell you. I mean, start us off of kind of what we, how we dealt with it. We didn't deal with it correctly. I don't think it's it was hard for me to you know give him that care and juggle all of the things and try to keep myself from going crazy. So it was more of a, I started to lean away. Um, but at the same time I was leaning closer to the Holy spirit. Mm. Um, so that, that relationship grew a lot in that and leaning in on, on the Holy spirit, but our connection, I pulled away and leaning this way and really was, it was almost to protect him from seeing me or knowing mm. what was going on with the panic attacks. Cause I didn't want him to blame himself cause he was struggling emotionally and, so I started to pull away in that. You were trying to protect him emotionally mm-hmm. from it. Yeah. yeah um, Christy, and we've talked about this a, a bunch of times, but, you know, in really hard uh, situations, her natural bend to protect herself is to is to lean away from relationships mm-hmm. and, um, you know, and kind of go into herself. Um, where I, I'm the opposite. I tend to lean into a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, probably maybe more than what the people want, but mm-hmm. that I tend to lean into it. The, that being said, whenever I lean to a relationship, if I feel rejected, mm-hmm. then I really lean out. Mm-hmm. And that is my, my natural bend. And we were we were on a cycle for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And we're still going through it um, every once in a while where we lean out. I, I think the, the grace there was that um, we were kind of experiencing this separately uh, to a certain extent. I was experiencing this as... Um, what was it like for the things that made up my identity to not be there anymore? And mm. what was the real truth? What mm. was, you know, um, what was the truth of the scriptures mm-hmm. that I said I believed in? Mm-hmm. What was the truth of who I actually am and what does that mean? Versus your your identity being in what you do. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Or what I do or how much money I make or, yeah. you know, gosh, even singing at church. Like there's all these kind of things that, that – could make up your identity mm-hmm. that you have to, that I had to come to grips with. But at the same time, she was dealing with something very real and trying to take care of me. And, um, and, uh, one of the things that, that, ha- that really helped that was that we were for the first time really kind of just seeking, uh, God for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, the connection was harder, but it's almost like the connection had to be severed for a second because mm-hmm. of how big of a trauma this was mm-hmm. for us to replace how much pressure, uh, definitely me, w- w- how much pressure mm-hmm. I put on her for, for her to achieve my happiness mm-hmm. versus just seek like, mm-hmm. yeah, as much as I love you, it's just not even compared yeah. Right. Yeah. to the love of God. And I didn't know it. And I was putting that pressure on her before. And that mm-hmm. was a previous challenge that we had in our marriage. And that one was severed. That doesn't exist anymore. Now it was more like, okay, God has replaced this relationship in our lives separately. How do mm-hmm. we connect together again? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, it's just been over the last couple of months where we realized well, it's different now. We, we are on the other side of recovery. Like he's uh, clearly doing better. There's still some things we're, we're we're challenged with, but you're on the other side of recovery, and you realize wow, my relationship with the Holy Spirit is awesome. And mm-hmm. your relationship with the Holy Spirit, well, what's going on with that? Like, we're not the way mm-hmm. we used to be. And we've had to have a couple of hard conversations of trying to identify what it was. Mm-hmm. So if you'd asked us to say this two or three months ago, we would not have been able to communicate, mm-hmm. hey, we've realized what it was. We were both dealing with separate emotions and leaning away from each other um, through that. And I would suggest for other people to try to cling to each other as much as you can. I mean, it, so it's very, the connection is very, very important to stay intact. Like, How do you think that, because at the end of the day, we all have, we're not each other's true groom or bride, mm-hmm. right? We have a true groom and his name's Jesus. Mm-hmm. And one day, hopefully very soon, we'll, we'll, we'll have that, that marriage with him, right? 
and he's going to fill every need we have. So these conversations won't need to be taking place then, right? We won't have to have a reason for a podcast then. And so, because we'll be with our perfect groom, right? The Heaven Podcast. That's right. That's right. Hosted by Anne <laughs> Um But while we're on this earth, we're dealing with an imperfect life and an imperfect spouse and really tough, yeah. tough stuff. How do you guys feel like your um, the depth of your individual relationships with Christ and the Holy Spirit has has or will eventually lead you back because everyone would look at you and think yeah you have a great marriage but you're saying it's it's different now Mm -hmm. how do you think that god is is bringing that back in to your relationship i'll speak into that the i I mean you said earlier even that um maybe we didn't handle the connection as well as possible um and i think it, it it looking at it now that that might just be part of the process yeah. that we had to go through these challenges. Um, you know, just like I had to go through PT to get <laughs> uh-huh. a little bit of function in my hand back. But the, um, the, the biggest thing now is that, is that when, um, when I came home, I expected to look through the scriptures and, and my prayer time, cause I couldn't do anything. I mean, I was on the back porch just, I could mm-hmm. just sit there. Yeah. And yeah. so it was a good time to be able to really reflect on some of the questions and that I was having. And, um, and I have a, and I had what, basically a shirt that, um, that, that I started wearing that I actually had made for myself. That was, that said weak on it. Mm. And, and it was, um, it was when Paul was basically saying that his strength is made perfect in weakness. I do remember this one time that um, that my oldest son came to me and, and he usually uses, you know, that's like a slang, like, oh, you're weak or, oh, yeah. oh that was so weak. And he actually asked, he goes, why are you wearing a weak shirt? What, what? Yeah. <laughs> and it was because it was this, this realization that I had that when I went looking for the, the, the weakness that I felt individually was like a symbolism of how destitute and uh that my soul was mm-hmm. it was like uh the the amount of trying i was doing mm-hmm. the amount of earning i was trying it was nothing compared uh to uh to um or, or at least the weakness that i was going through physically was compared to that and then for christ to come in and say yeah i know you're weak mm-hmm. it's okay i'm i'm going to i'll be your strength Mm-hmm. And to realize how strong it is comparison to my weakness, I was almost proud to be weak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. because for me to be able to say I was weak was almost a synonym for me to be able to say how strong he was. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. it was that conversation. It was not pretending that I was moral. It was not pretending. So, so in my best days, when I was walking in that truth, when yeah. I was walking in that faith, she could be weak, and I could go, "Yeah, I'm weak too." And uh-huh. she needs Christ just like I need Christ. And it was a very easy to give her grace. On my weakest days is is days where I didn't walk in that faith at all. And I didn't I wasn't walking in that truth. And I could look at her and she would make some kind of mistake or something I would take offense to. And I would be expecting her to make it better. No different than me trying to mm-hmm. do, you know, act like Jesus did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it was it was pretty much impossible. So yeah. uh, grace was a really big deal. Because Will and he says our that his strength is perfected in our weakness, mm-hmm. but you said something that really um, that I think this discovery that you've both made in this process of understanding maybe before I was I was expecting so much from my my spouse it was almost a codependence mm-hmm. I'm dependent on you for my happiness, and I think we reached that at one point in our marriage as mm-hmm. well that I was I was expecting him my everything to be in him and. On his best day, he's still not going to fulfill my heart like Christ does. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when when I came to that realization, it did change our marriage. Um, but it took the pressure off him mm-hmm. for him to not have to be my all in all. And that's huge. And mm-hmm. then things, I mean, I, I just look to him to be my everything. And it takes the pressure off here, but it's made things better here ultimately mm-hmm. because he doesn't have to be all that for me and I don't have to be all that for him. And there's this thing we say, we don't, we're not designed to be codependent. We can rely on each other and be, you know, interdependent, interdependent. Um, and that's, that's a big way to build your marriage back. It's huge. It's a great, 
great realization to have in that. So, mm-hmm. so there are many challenges in, in the what you guys have had to walk through. What do you think was, was the greatest challenge and maybe where you found your strength going through that? I think you've kind of spoken to some of that already, but what do you think was the biggest challenge? And Or if you had to speak that into another couple that's listening that is walking through this or you don't know one day, if we live long enough, we're going to walk through something. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of women would identify kind of what I learned through this whole process. Uh, for me, it's just kind of letting go of control, mm-hmm. <laughs> the control I thought I had, but I never really had it. Um, uh, you know, trying to all of the risks involved in surgery and I had the plan and then that was not what happened. And then mm. realizing through his recovery, I'm having to deal with the stuff. It was just continuously trying to control things and it wasn't learning through that, that the Holy spirit was there and me leaning into him. I'm realizing, okay, the control, I don't need it mm. because he is my control. He is that, he is that sounding board and he, and that there is, you know, we talked about this in, in the car. There's, there's, so much joy you can have that joy regardless of your circumstances if you are clinging to the holy spirit mm-hmm. and that was just smacked in my face lots of times through the last year of just really understanding that because i always ask it's just joy like what that doesn't it doesn't make sense but it, it really it like going through the junk we've had to go through the holy spirit really he gives you that pure joy mm-hmm. and i think that something that we've, you know, we've heard our pastor say this many times, but I think something that we misunderstand is that uh, that joy somehow can be uh, confused with like happiness. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that means that the the Holy Spirit makes us like we're just smiling and, and happy all the mm-hmm. time, even though our lives falling apart. Mm-hmm. And it's like no, it's 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 impossible to go through a death, mm-hmm. or it's impossible to go through uh, grieving your own uh, your own changes. Some things are just sad. Yeah, and uh, you know. Me and my son were even going through uh, the uh, the resurrection of, of Lazarus the other day, mm. and it was so interesting that some of the things that 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 Jesus said to him w- before he came to uh, he came to the actual place was that he was like, "Oh, this is going to be used for the glory." As a matter of fact, I love them so much. I'm going to stay back mm-hmm. two more days. So, which is which is amazing. It's just like, oh, he must have been planning on doing something amazing. And he knew all of that. And then he got to the, uh, to the grave and, and, and Lazarus had died, which was his friend. And he had let down his friends and they didn't understand why he, he stayed. And he knew he was going to bring him back from the dead. And then he still wept. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so yeah. you would think knowing he was bringing him back that he would be, uh, he would be, Oh, don't worry about it. I got it. I'm yeah. going to bring him back. We can all be happy. I see the big picture. I see. It's I good. know everything. Don't I worry know. about it. Yeah. Yeah. And don't he worry. was not, he wept because it was sad. He was sad for his, his friend. He was yeah. sad for their, his uh, sisters. Yeah. And then, and then he still brought him back and he, he, people came to faith through that. Mm. And that's how a lot, how, of how I look at it. It's like, um, it has been replaced the, the sadness of not having the significance that I thought I was trying to achieve mm-hmm. in some way has been replaced with, no, no, it's all his significance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've talked about, you know, when you are, um, when you're saved, you're, you're buried and your old life is dead and you're, you're raised anew. But I honestly think that's a process because there are some scriptures that, that even, um, that I've been through that there was like, I've read and I thought I understood mm. and I didn't understand that at all. Mm-hmm. And it's like the second we went through this, I started looking at the scriptures and going, I can physically relate to that now. Mm-hmm. You know, so we, 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 you know, the, the biggest thing, the, the biggest challenge that we've been through that I would say to somebody else is that, um, it's not only that God has it, it's that he has ordained it. Mm. Mm. Wow, that's it's heavy. And that is really tough to swallow for a lot of people, that God can ordain. And you look at just what's happening in the world right now. If you read Scripture deep enough, you understand that God ordains everything that's going on right now. And there's nothing that's happening in our lives that God hasn't said. I mean, I think the story most people point to is Job, right? And, and in Job, oh, man, Job had to endure all that stuff. Well, there was one, one God that said, hey, sure, cause that in his life. Mm-hmm. Do that. God is, I think if there's one thing we've all learned, that God is so far less concerned with our circumstances 
than he is our dependence on him and our character and our he's character. shaping and 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 gosh how he's shaped you guys i mean in the time we've known you obviously over 20 years we we better hope we've all been shaped right <laughs> but just in the past year how are you different how are you different sitting here now than you were this time last last year i'd say we're both very different <laughs> we're both very different people um i had obviously issues with controlling and issues just really processing emotions and it's that alone has I mean come yeah. so far of having to deal with this and process everything correctly and learn how to do that but also it's a it, just understanding what it really means to walk with the holy spirit mm-hmm. i mean there's like you can say oh yeah I, I do this but there's there's that feeling of you know it's it's a it's not a one dimensional relationship mm-hmm. it's it breathes, it's living, it's just like a marriage relationship, it, mm. you know, and, and um, I think it's like, I, I felt guilty during my walk through this of um, blaming God or yelling out and, you know, being really upset, but it's like, no, he wants to hear that. It's mm. like Jesus in the garden was crying out because he was scared of what he was about mm. to go through, and it's like, that's the relationship God wants with us, is to be real. Chrissy, you go back to what Josh said about about Lazarus, Mary and Martha knew he could have gotten there sooner. Mm-hmm. He tarried, and they knew that he could he could have saved him. He could raise him, and they were ticked at. Him. Yeah, they were mad. They're at control him. freaks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're like me. They are. totally. They are. And Jesus loved them yep. intensely. Absolutely. So it's it's a I I'm just different through that. Of I mean, yes, we leaned away from each other, but I, I don't think we've ever experienced the total (laughs) leaning on the Holy Spirit separately like we ever have. Um, And I think that allowed uh, needing that, what he was saying earlier is needing that separation time of really, really focused on Mm -hmm. Christ and having no other option. There's, there was nothing else there. We didn't have each other as a crutch. It was just us separately in the Holy Spirit. And then it has allowed us to, you know, come back together and really truly be, stronger moving forward Mm -hmm. um so i'm there's lots of there's i could like sit here for an hour and tell you all the lessons that i've just learned personally through this but it is a the experience of what it really is to walk with the holy spirit Mm -hmm. i I would say for me um i i kind of bought into this illusion uh this kind of hustle uh illusion Mm. And uh, I'm really good at trying on different identities. That's just mm. how I'm built. Mm. I'll try to look like this, or I'll try to be like this, or I'll try to just be the workout guy, or I'll try to do whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, the 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 biggest challenge for me is that, you know, I started, but even before this, we've gone through other challenges um, that were like milestones in our lives. And um, luckily, as God was shaping me, and as God was teaching me, and, um, you know, the question I wasn't asking anymore was, why was this happening to me? Mm-hmm. Um, I knew exactly why. I wasn't happy about it, mm-hmm. but I knew exactly why. And so um, it was one of those things where the, the realizations that I had to go through was, did I believe that God exists, right? Is, is, is there really a truth and really a standard out there? Okay, I, because of these reasons, these are the reasons that I believe that's true. Mm. And if I believe that's true, do I believe that that he's actually a good God, mm-hmm. and no no matter what happens, so he's he's real, he's true, and if he's good, mm-hmm. right, then I have to then I have to trust that whatever I'm going through is his goodness at work, mm-hmm. and if I don't trust that, I don't that all falls apart, mm-hmm. and so and so you know if you ask how I'm different is that when something um, when the next thing hits. Right, and it's going to. It will. We just turned forty. Yep, something's going to well, hit. And we Don't haven't tell mentioned them that. We, <laughs> we haven't, Chrissy. You're thirty. He's I am 40. thirty, guys. Just so, so and, you know. and what we haven't mentioned is you lost your dad in the in this past year. Yes. So it, There's you didn't things. even get through a year, you know, until the next thing hit. And you're yeah. right. Yeah, and it, you know, and and the thing is, even dealing with that. Um, you know, I won't go too far into it, but mm-hmm. yeah, it, it was months in. And then all of a sudden my dad who had been sick, he passed away suddenly. Mm-hmm. 
and it was um, the grief that I was already feeling of of losing what made me me. Mm-hmm. Um, now hit with the grief of mm-hmm. of you know not getting to say goodbye. To, I mean, the last thing that my dad said was, you know, I'm sorry I wasn't a better dad. That was that yeah. was that was it. I had to deal with that, and so. You know, um, in my uh, in my failure, gosh, there were so many times when I was when I was overly emotional. I couldn't even deal with how many emotions I was feeling at the one time, and the only thing I could do is kind of, you know, spread it out and, and let and let Christy hear it, let my kids hear it. Yeah, you know, that's that's a failure. Um, and so, but I can look at it now and go, well, I'm weak, and that's why that happened. And sure. thank God I have Christ. The, yeah. you know, that's what we can say. But I mean, through through all of that. That I don't look at the next challenge that's going to come, or being you know being scared that I don't have enough money, or being scared. Mm-hmm. There's something that has changed where it's just like, no, w- this is God working out His goodness, and as and if I really trust Him, like, like the worst thing that's going to happen is I'm going to die, mm-hmm. which is the best thing. <laughs> which which, exactly which right. at the exactly. end of it is Jesus. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Wow. Well, if you're listening today and you've walked through something like this or you're walking, and if you're not, you will. We all will. Uh, maybe it's not a brain tumor, but it's going to be something in our marriage. And um, I hope that you've been able to hear Josh and Christy's heart and what God has done. And I think, I think Bonnie, as we, as we listen to that, the, the thing I take away from that is it all needs to end in Christ. Yeah. I mean, Christ is the foundation, and um, I, you know, as good as your friends were, as good as a church as you are, that's not what we heard. I mean, that that you know, those were great things, but it was learning and walking in those lessons, yeah. and 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 depending on Christ. And um, and at the end of the day, there will be a day we won't have to put up with anything like this. We'll have glorified bodies. We'll yeah. have a perfect relationship. In marriage with our Savior, um, but while we're on this earth, life is messy. Marriage is messy because we're messy, and um, and and we pray that you can walk away with uh, with some some strength and some lessons, and that you can lean into Christ and lean into what He wants to to show you. And what He wants to show you is Himself. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's not a lesson. Sometimes it's just Him, mm-hmm. and that is the lesson: is just realizing who God is and how great He is. And so, thanks so much for listening. Hey, if uh, if you're on social media, you can look up themarriageadventure.com and you can follow us there. But Josh, before we go, I wanted to ask, how can people today get your book, Success Through Suffering? Because this was a book you wrote in this, this past year while you were walking through yeah. this. Um, I mentioned just being on the porch and having the time to reflect in scripture. And I also use that time as just a way to write down my thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so there's a short little, uh, I like to call it a resource because I hate to call it a book. It's not long enough to be one. Um, it's a it's a guidebook. It's a book a guy can read. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. Yeah. It's, it, but it, it's, it, it's really just about what our what we're looking for and uh, and what uh, what Christ wants to give us. And a lot of times that doesn't happen unless we go through suffering. And mm-hmm. so that's what it's about. Um, so you can go to uh, successinsuffering.life and there's a bunch of versions. There's a free version on there uh, and all of the proceeds go to Helping One Guy, which is a dinner that helps guys in crisis. So um, they good. can do that anytime. We'll put that in the, sh- in the show notes for you. You can click on that and get that. Well, thanks for listening today. We guys, We hope you guys have a great week. Oh, we are up.